Hi there, loved ones, and welcome to Delight in the Truth, where the truth of the gospel changes lives. I'm your host, Ronnie Joyce, and I am super excited about this episode. I'm excited because we're about to launch my very first study series. This series is going to be on the book of Jude. Uh, we're going to jump into that here in a second, but before we do, I want to talk to you about another segment that I am hoping to get started here fairly soon. It's called the jot and tittle. Jot and tittle just means small things. It's the easiest way to explain it. It is going to be a 10 to 15 minute episode dealing with issues, um, things that are going on in our culture, things that you want to talk about. My greatest heart for delight in the truth is to study the Bible with you. That's what I really want the bulk of delight in the truth to be about. But I also don't want to avoid the things that we are struggling with in, in our culture right now and, and what's going on around us, what's going on with you um, as we just try to make our way through this very different season of life with, with COVID and all the things that are going on, things are not what they were. And, um, as a biblical counselor, I am, I find that we're really struggling to walk through this. Um, everyone wants everything to go back to what we called normal. And I use my little air quotes because <laughs> this life for you and me as Christians, this should, none of this, should be normal. I mean, none of what's happening even before COVID, so little of it is normal for us. We're like, I think it's A.W. Tozer that talks about how weird a goose looks when it is walking around on the ground, as opposed to how beautiful he looks when he's soaring in the sky. He's made for that. He's, he's made to fly. And there's something beautiful about geese, just birds in general, when they're doing what they're made to do. But when they're walking around on the ground, they just kind of seem out of place. And I'm totally paraphrasing what Tozer says there, but that's kind of what I'm saying. I mean, we're down here walking around and it's, uh, it's all weird for us. We were not created for this. We were not made for this. It, we were made for greater things with our heavenly father. And so for now we're here walking around. And so, and, and so we have to, we, we adjust and we learn how to do life here, never wanting to take it all on to ourselves, but we, we learn how to do it. And now here we are in this, in this space, where we're learning how to do it all over again. Um, the whole idea of just wearing masks and just never, never really being connected with any person, even within the same space, we're having to stay six feet apart. We can only see, you know, everything from the eyes down. And unless you have some really experienced, expressive eyes. We don't, we're, we're not able to read those natural cues in people's faces that we typically do. Um, we're doing church online for most of us. I mean, my husband and I have been, and my family are really blessed to be able to do church, um, with our congregation without masks. And this has been so great, but I know that not every one of you, um, are, are, um, right now able to do that. And, and that's disturbing to some of us. So I want to be able to address some of the issues that are going, that's going on those places that cause that anxiety in us. Last week, we did an episode on anxiety 
And I want to be able to deal with some of the things that really cause that anxiety in us that, uh, or fear in us or that sense of depression that, that um, so many of us right now are experiencing. Uh, so what I would love from you is some topics. You tell me what you're struggling with and I will do my very best to kind of help you process through that biblically. That said, back to what we're doing here today. So I, I want to be able to, to study the scriptures with you. Um, and so we're going to work through books of the Bible. We're going to start with a, with a really small one um, today. We're going to do the book of Jude. Jude was written by a leader in the church who loved a congregation and saw that there were there were people coming into that congregation that desire to do it harm. And in his love for these people, he meant to write a letter rejoicing in this thing that they had in common, this wonderful faith they had in common. But because he loved them, he could not ignore what was happening. And so he instead wrote to them this book to help them or this letter to help them to see what was happening around them and encourage them to fight, to fight for this faith that they held so dear. And doesn't that just seem to fit in what's going on right now? We want to help preserve the faith, which is the most important. So when we see that there is false teachers or false teaching as believers who love each other, we have to come alongside each other with some truth and be willing to share the truth with one another. We need to be able to point out with each other, what we cannot see, what each other cannot see. I mean, the Bible says the heart is uh, deceptive above all else. Who can know it? The Bible says, who can know your own heart? And we need each other. And in a culture where we're being constantly separated, constantly pushed apart, it has made it extremely easy for false teaching to come in and divide us even further. So the book of Jude right now, this, this letter, feels so relevant to me right now. And it has been eating at me for weeks as I've been preparing to do this Bible study or to do this, this podcast and looking for what topics I want to discuss here and what studies I want to do here. There are so many books speaking to what's going on in our culture right now, but this one um, has just been constantly um, eating at it could be because we're, I'm working on this book also with my small group right now. And the more we read it, I mean, we're reading it weekly and the more we read it, the more I see in the culture around me. So my hope and prayer for the Bible study is to encourage each of us to be willing to stand firm and fight for what God has given us to encourage you not to lay down under the pressure, but to stand, to take on your full armor and stand. And when you've done everything to stand, stand. Uh, my hope, uh, my hope also for this study is that we'll be able to recognize false teachers and false doctrines um, going on around us. I, I, this is so important. Some of this stuff sounds really good, and it seems right. I mean, don't you want people to be happy and 
to not feel hurt? Well, of course we do. We don't want people to, to be hurt. I mean, our goal isn't to hurt people, but sin often hurts. It hurts all the time. And when we are in sin, we, we want nothing more than to feel better or feel good about that sin, but we can't. Not especially those of us who belong to Jesus Christ, because we are being convicted by the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And it is, it is not our role or our job to make people feel good about their sin. We are to come alongside those who are sinning, encourage them. Uh, we are to help them. We are to help them to see their sin, help to, them to see what God says about that sin and how to move away from that sin. That is what we do as believers. Um, so I want to help you to be able to recognize this false teaching that is going on out there. There is one truth, Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You cannot come to the Father unless through Jesus. And I'm not talking about this watered down Jesus, this hippie Jesus who just loves. I'm talking about the almighty, all powerful Jesus, the one who speaks worlds into existence, Jesus, the one who condemns those who reject him. This is the Jesus that we follow. And I'm also hoping with this study that I can help you to see how to fight. So I want to encourage you to stand and fight. I want you to see what you're fighting against and teach you what the scriptures say about how you and I are to fight because we don't fight dirty, not as Christians. We don't fight dirty. The world fights dirty and they think that that means that they can roll over us Christians because we won't fight back. Loved ones, we have a God that always fights back. You and I, we don't have to do it. We got a father who does it. He will fight for you. And there is a fighting that we do in that standing and taking our place and saying this far, this far, no further. We will only go as far as we bump up against God's word. God's word is got my, it's against my back and I will only walk back far enough <laughs> that I feel his word holding me and pressing me back forward. We cannot go any further than that. So that is my hope for this study to fight for this faith that is so precious to us. And so we must fight for it. Alrighty. So let's lay some groundwork in today's episode. This episode is just going to be to kind of, um, get us some history, get us ready to jump off our study next week. So we're going to start with who wrote the book of Jude. Now that just seems real easy because it says Jude, <laughs> but let me tell you, that's not as easy as it is not always that simple. The book of Nehemiah was not written by Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah was written by Ezra. The book of Esther was not written by Esther, though uh, it is believed that Mordecai, her uncle, and she compiled the information. Um, but some believe that Ezra wrote that book, but Esther didn't write it. We, what we know is that Esther didn't write it. So, and then there's the book of Hebrews, which has no author, uh, that we, at least it has an author we just don't know who it is. Though some of us think it's Paul. <laughs> That's just kind of my thoughts on the matter. <laughs> um, it's just some of the verbiage really sounds Paulian. sounds like Paul. <laughs> um, that's just kind of my thought, and I, but I, who am I? I wasn't there. I didn't write it. Um, and there are smarter, smarter people than, than me out there. This time, if we say 
Jude wrote the book of Jude because it's named after Jude, we'd be right. And because he pretty much introduces himself for the book of Jude, Jude himself wrote the book of Jude. So who is Jude? Jude tells us a little bit about himself. So um, he is not completely foreign to us. He tells us a little bit about himself and what he says about himself is that he is a bond servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James. So we're not gonna jump into all of that right now. What we know is that he says that he is the brother of James. And we're gonna talk about who James is and all of that next week. But what I will say today is that Jude is also the brother or the half brother of Jesus. Why is that important that Jude is the brother of James? Back in the first century church, after the disciples went out and started teaching the gospel. Some of the disciples weren't as well known as others. And so when they write the letters, they will attach themselves to someone that the churches will have, would have known better. Someone with a reputation already with the churches so that they would be known also as someone reputable. So they would say, um, as if they were saying, hey, you don't know me, but I know so-and-so. And by way of him, the listener will say, oh, wait, we know, we know James and he's a good guy and he's got sound doctrine. So we, let's hear what, what, what Jude has to say they, he, he's a, he's his brother. So, I mean, gosh, that would be, um, you would imagine that his brother would know, um, as much or, um, have the same type of reputation as James. So James was a prominent figure in the church. Um, we see him in several places like in Acts 12, 17, Acts 15, 13, Acts 21, 18, Connecting his name with James, it helps with his reputation to this body of believers. So who is James? Is this the James that's the brother of John that we see in the gospels? And the answer to that is no. And we know this because that James was killed by Herod. So I'm gonna read Acts 12, uh, one and two to you here. And that says, now about that time, Herod, the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. So Herod had John put to death by the sword. So we know his death is recorded here in the book of Acts. And Jude is recorded after that that time in history. So now we just need to determine who this James is. By this time, there was only one prominent James in the scriptures, and this was James, the Lord's brother. That said, if this is James, the Lord's brother, then this is Jude, the brother of James, who is also the brother of the Lord, half brother of the Lord. Now, for my Catholic friends out there, you're probably struggling with that because um, I realize, I know you've, you've been taught that Jesus had no siblings. Mary had no more kids after Jesus. So I want to read from Matthew. Matthew 13, 55 is the passage I'm gonna turn to. You can turn there with me and I actually encourage you to do that um, as often as possible. But especially for for those of you who struggle with this idea that Jesus may have had siblings. 
it's important for you to read it for yourself in God's word. I, I really would rather you not think this is coming from me, but instead hear it coming from your Lord. The passage I'm going to read is 55. And so, well, you know, I'm going to back up a little bit because I don't want to like pull that out of context. Let's just look at passage. Um, let's look at 53 through 55. And it says, when Jesus had finished his parable, he departed from there. He came to his hometown and began teaching them in their synagogues so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get his wisdom and these miraculous powers? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers, James and Joseph and Simon and Judah? Uh, Judas, I'm sorry. And Judas is another name for Jude. And his sisters, are they not all here with us? That's verse 20. I mean, 56, it just made sense to throw that in there because he had brothers and sisters. And so you might ask, well, how do you know that this is Jude? Because um, that said Judas. Um, this translation I'm reading from is the New American Standard. And in some translations, you'll get Jude and others you'll get um, Judas. But Judas is another name for Jude. It's the same, it's the same name. Um, so that is who Judas, I mean, who Jude is. Let's move on to who the book of Jude was written to. So what we know about this group of people, there is no church named, there is no uh, group named um, by Jude. Uh, so we don't know who he was, who exactly he was writing to, but what we do know about this group of people is that they were believers. We know that based off of how Jude addresses them. Jude says to those who are called beloved in God, the father and kept in Jesus Christ. This is a description of those who believe. These are those who have already been called by Christ, answered the call, and are loved by God the Father and kept for Jesus, to be the bride of Jesus when, when he takes his bride to himself. So we know that, G that Jude is writing to a group of believers, though he makes no distinction of who he is talking to. Why did he write this book? He wanted to write, as I said um, earlier, Jude wanted to write to share this wonderful joy that they had together as believers. He wanted to, he wanted this to be a good, happy letter to this group of people that he loved to just talk about what they had to share. Um, but he ended up deciding to write, um, to help or to encourage them to fight for their faith. He had heard about these false teachers that had come in to their midst and was trying to tear apart this group of believers from the inside out. And so he called or he, <laughs> he didn't call, they had no phones. He, <laughs> he wrote this letter to share with them that there have been some that has slipped in to their midst. So who are these people that had slipped in? So some commentators believe that this was, um, 
the Gnostics, but there's really no proof of that here. And it's always so important that we don't read into God's word. We don't want to, what is called isogete, which is to take something, take our thoughts, our understanding and bring it to God's word. We want to exegete, which is to take from God's word, what's actually there, the true meaning. So since there's no mention here of some of the key things that we look for when we're looking for that Gnostic teaching, like salvation through like this secret knowledge or this special knowledge. There's no talking about um, how there's this divine spirit and the sinful flesh. They describe Jesus as becoming or the Holy Spirit coming on Jesus when he was baptized and then departing from him on the cross. This was uh, one of the, the teachings of the Gnostic church early on. And that was that the body was sinful. And so what we do in our flesh doesn't matter because it's not going to heaven anyway. And so we can do whatever we want in our bodies because it's, it's a, it's sin. It's a sinful body and it doesn't matter. It's not going to heaven, but our spirits, we, we are to find this higher knowledge, this understanding this, this secret knowledge that most people don't have. Sound familiar? This is a lot of what's going on <laughs> in our culture today. Um, uh, we see sort of a, a resurrection of this version of um, Gnosticism in our culture today with the whole Black Lives Matter movement and the uh, CTR or critical race theory, that there's this, this special knowledge that a, some group, a, a group, this group over here doesn't have, that this group over here does have, and this group over here can't have it unless they are willing to read these books, listen to these stories, do all these things. But even if they can hear this, they still can never have this knowledge that only this group can have because they've lived it and they can't be, you can't have that. There's no way you can reach this level of knowledge. So in order to be good, you have to surrender yourself to this group of people in some way, shape or form. But that's kind of that Gnosticism uh, resurrected in our culture today. Now that is not what Jude is talking about. There is no mention of this in Jude, at least. Could it be the Gnostics that they're talking about? I guess, but um, again, it's not mentioned. So we're not just going to claim that that's what it is. And, uh, and again, I just want to reiterate that we don't ever want to bring to the scriptures our ideas. We want to pull away from the scriptures what is actually there. We don't want to add our ideas to this. We don't want to constantly be saying, well, I think it's this, I think it's that. You can feel that way, but it's not what it's saying. So, so we don't want to teach it that way. Who this group of people is, is not mentioned. Okay. So when was this book written? Again, Jude doesn't really make any mention of anything um, that we could like nail it down with. Like he doesn't mention anything about the destruction of Jerusalem, which would have happened in about 70 AD. So we, we can't, we can't tell that if it's before that or after that, but what we, we can kind of, there's different point of views in this, but what, what many of the commentators would say is that it's, that it was, it's believed that it was written after second Peter. And there's this, this really tight correlation between these two books. They, if you look, if you put them side to side, they're almost quoting the same things. Uh, so there's a very close relationship between these two books, but it's believed that Jude wrote his book after. Now, again, there are other opinions that he wrote it way earlier. So as I am, 
I am sort of in the sort of rule of thumb, or at least my understanding is that it was written after, not long after, but after Second Peter was written. Um, and Second Peter was is believed to have been written just before Peter's death. And his death was about uh, 67 or 68 AD. So that would leave the book of Jude being written somewhere, I'm, uh, somewhere around the 68 AD and 70 AD, because Jerusalem hadn't been destroyed yet. And I would imagine that with everything going on uh, in this, this letter, that would have been something that Jude may have mentioned if that, because that was the destruction of Jerusalem was a very significant event. So I am just saying based off my research, I kind of fall into that gap of people that would say that it was written between 68 to 70 AD. All right, loved ones, that's gonna be it for us today. I'm excited to really get into studying this with you. <laughs> and we laid out, I laid out all the groundwork and what I would like, I would love for you to do uh, between now and next week is read the book of Jude. This is a really, really short book. I mean, it's literally one page long, depending on what, if you have a, <laughs> a Bible that doesn't have notes, uh, commentary in it. Um, uh, if it's not a study Bible, it's literally less than a page. You, we can so do this. And I would love you to read it at least twice this week, get really familiar with the letter. And so that when we come to study it, you're not trying to figure out what we're talking about. You're pretty familiar with the the letter as it is. All right, we are going to wrap it up today. So if you're listening today to the podcast on Apple Podcast or iTunes, please subscribe, write a review. This really helps uh, to get the podcast noticed. The, The more we get noticed, the more we can get good, strong biblical teachings in the hands of others. Um, If you are watching on YouTube, please subscribe or leave a comment. That really helps as well to get, it helps with the analytics and it helps get the podcast seen by those who are looking for good biblical podcasts or uh, to watch or to listen to. Um, I think that is it. Thank you so much for listening and subscribing. And I look forward to seeing you for part two of our study on the book of Jude. Delight in the Truth is brought to you every week by Genesis One Biblical Counseling. This program is not counseling via podcast. If you find that you are in need of biblical counseling or would like to set up an appointment, please feel free to contact my office at 480-340-1381 or go online to genesisonebc.org for more information or to make an appointment.